Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or to endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is August 13th. It's about little afternoon, and um, I just heard the president uh, talking to the press in the background, Andy. So whatever we say, uh, when we get off, the market could be totally opposite. Yeah, good morning, Jim. And uh, hello to all our audience again. It's uh, nice to be doing this uh, monthly podcast. Yes. And, uh, we have, as always, a lot to talk about. Yes, we, uh, we do. It, it, uh, the market is uh, kind of where it's same place it's been maybe a, a couple months ago, but it, it doesn't feel that way. It definitely does not feel that way. It, it's been a, a wandering journey to get to uh, $55, $56. So, Andy, why don't we get right into this? Um, the IEA's monthly oil market report came out on Friday, and um, they had a couple of interesting uh, comments, as, as usual, and I just want to throw them by you and get your, uh, get your thoughts. So they were saying that the first half of demand was up 0.6 million barrels a day, and um, they have estimates – for, for the entire year at plus 1.1, uh, which would mean it's got to be a heck of a lot of growth going forward to make that estimate. If you look at the uh, individual pieces, uh, the quarterlies, uh, quarterly demand or the, the half yearly demand, they're, they're looking at a demand growth in the second half of uh, 1.7, 1.8 million barrels a day. Jim. That is a really big number, and uh, frankly, I, I I don't see demand growing quite that uh, you know quite that robustly. I, I think they, they are uh, way overshooting on uh, on demand, and uh, you know apparently so is the market. You know I I think the real number uh, it is going to be closer to. Uh, mil, a million three, a million four, something like that, or maybe maybe even a million, a million a day. The, they're big. What, what they see, and to a certain extent, they're right. Is uh, there's going to be there's going to be petrochemical demand increasing as a result of some of the new petrochemical plants globally. However, whether or not we see any growth on the uh, on the petroleum product side. Transport demand and uh, diesel. Well, we we we'll talk about diesel with IMO 2020, but uh, certainly gasoline demand is is flagging, and I'm not sure we're going to see that that big of an increase in uh, petrochemical underlying petrochemical demand outside of the new you know the new plants. 
Yeah, um, another just a not to pick on these guys, but one other comment they had in there was uh, the outlook is fragile, and the greater greater likelihood of a down there is a greater likelihood of a downward revision than an upward revision, and I'm just kind of wondering why wouldn't you put your estimate where is a fifty where there's a fifty fifty estimate? Yeah, exactly. You would think you'd come out with a with a lower lower number anyway. And, uh, you know, traditionally, I shouldn't say traditionally, but I, I think the market is definitely looking for them to uh, revise demand downward for, uh, for second half, which will in turn revise the uh, downward, the, the call on OPEC crude, um, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it isn't as though the market has, has really been looking for dynamic growth all year. You know, we've had these, well, earlier in the year, yes, before the, uh, before the trade wars really, um, really worsened. Um, obviously, we made highs in the near $74 for, uh, for Brent earlier the year. And then, um, you know, the, the trade war intensified and uh, the, the market sold off pretty, pretty broadly. But I, I agree with you, Jim. I, I, I think they should. They should be coming out with uh, lower numbers, and they will. I'm sure subsequently we are going to see lower demand numbers from from the uh, IEA. Is um is it complicating the uh, the effort? Um, the fact that many bought ahead of you know the sanctions. You know, it was it back in May. You know, they it seemed like people bought ahead of those, and maybe are just working off inventories now or buying less after the sanctions? Is that possible? That's messing up the number? I think numbers? it's definitely possible. You know, we did see, we did see some, some surges from uh, India and China. India is now, uh, is now slowed down based on their, um, you know, based on their latest crude import numbers. But, you know, those crude import numbers probably do reflect some of, uh, you know, not buying from Iran as, the, as they go. Look for look for alternative sources, and you look at at OECD inventories. Uh, they they grew uh, by fifty million barrels in uh, in second quarter. I think third quarter we'll probably see inventories net draw. So Jim, your your point is is right on. I think there was some, I definitely think there was some, and and certainly in some of how the mar- the roller coaster action in this market. Uh, that may also that may also reflect change, changing demand patterns. So we have, um, you know, the news headlines of uh, of the trade war, and then the actual the IMF uh, downgraded their global uh, um, GDP growth. Um, they shaved it by a, you know a tenth of a percentage point. Uh, what what do you see for world demand going forward now? You're saying. I think, it, as I said, I think second half for for next year, uh, for this year, for 2019, is, is not. You know, I, I don't see 1.8. Uh, we, we we downgraded our demand. You know, we we were around 1.1 and then one, and now we're at uh, 900,000 growth for uh, for 2019. We've we've seen. Uh, you know, there have been press reports of uh, 650,000 barrels a day. Increase from from one of the uh, merchant one of the merchant uh, I, th- I think it was Traffy or Vito I'm not I'm not sure 
Uh, but they were talking about six, 650 a day. I, I think that might be a little bit low because there is going to be new petrochemical demand. So uh, we're, we're sort of sticking with the, uh, with the 900. Now, w- what that does, we still think that the, in, in third quarter, we're going to see a, a decent draw on, uh, on global inventories. Um, the call on OPEC crude, if you look at the, the three big, you know, the big three, the IEA, OPEC, and the EIA, is like 30.8 million barrels a day. I think that's a little relative to an OPEC production number of, you know, let's say 29.9 or 30. You know, I think 38 is, 30.8 is, is a little too high. I think it's going to come in at, at something like 30 and a half. But that's still, you know, we, we should be drawing stocks now. And I think this rally, to a certain extent, the, the rally we're seeing today, you know, you know I, th- I think if you see WTI da- down near 50, relative to where we are in the third quarter, you know, th- that to me is too low. Uh, looking ahead for the fourth, so I'm not... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think fifty basis WTI, right? Basis WTI, yeah. I think fifty basis WTI doesn't, you know, doesn't really make sense given where we are in the quarter. And even in the fourth quarter, uh, it looks as though we'll be balanced to, you know, maybe building a little, drawing a little bit. Uh, depend, it, we'll see where the Saudis come out uh, on their fourth quarter, fourth quarter production. Having said all that and talking about the demand, you know, the IMF, the, the trade wars, where we are in, uh, in demand, it's really, again, looking at WTI, it's really hard to make a case outside of geopolitical upsets that the market's going to get much beyond, you know, the upper 50s to, the, let's say, 60, right, which has been the high of the range. So... You know, you look at a 50-60 number and, uh, you know, 50 low to 60 high, Jim. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yes. You know, given where the fundamentals are, you know, it, it, it makes sense. What doesn't make sense, but I guess for you and me, you know, having watched these markets for, you know, 30 plus years, is the, you know, the extreme violence that we've been moving between this in this range. Yeah. I, you know, just to... Confirm what you're saying. Um, when we had that sharp down move in what was it August seventh, I think, earlier in the month, right. we had a huge amount of volume trade in the option world and um, sharp down day. And I found what I found was interesting. Once again, you had more puts than calls trade, but the call open interest was way above the put open interest in terms of increasing. So it, you can't, you know, without interviewing every single person that's participating. You don't know for sure what's going on. But in general, it looked like people were using that decline to liquidate some put positions and put on some call positions. And to me, that looked a little bullish, which would go along with what you're saying is that people don't expect the market to stay or get below you know, much more than what where it had gone below fifty bucks. Yeah, given um, where the given the the fundamentals, you know, they're not bad enough to really, you know, to see the market really, you know, get much below fifty. It's not to say that it can't go there. We know that it can. <laughs> anything uh, can happen. Right? Well, I mean, anything's anything in, anything in this over thirty years. You know, I think we've seen. You know, anything, well, everything, everything is possible. 
Andy, I, I also saw some, you know, this is only a couple thousand contracts of, you know, but somebody bought a D20 put for 20, for year 2020. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the only thing I can think of is it's a market maker who maybe had done some producer hedges and ended up with a short put position and they're looking to, to hedge it. I don't know. I hope, you know, you think about what has to happen for oh. oil to get down to 20. I don't know. I, I put that on our blog and uh, I just, the, the, the headline says uh, optimist or pessimist. So I don't yeah, know. The- to get down to 20, well, yeah, if we go into a, uh, you know, rip-roaring recession next year, um, negative growth and the, all, the, yeah, all the markets start unraveling and everything goes to, uh, everything goes to one, right? Yeah. Well, it's correlations. Yeah. I, you know, the correlations, just everything's correlated. <laughs> you know, Germany's entire yield curve has gone negative and I'm, I'm trying to think what it, would anybody ever pay me to, to go long volatility? I'm waiting for that. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's like negative vol, right? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. I, and that's not to say it can't get, you know, I guess it can get that down there if, uh, yeah, if we do go into a horrible recession and U.S. production, you know, really comes through, you know, in a very big way ne- next year. And the sanctions are lifted from Iran. Venezuela comes back. I mean, there's a lot that could get it there. Yeah. It, it's hard it, to see. It, it, it's hard to see at this, you know, at this moment in time. Always, I, yeah. I think the range that we're in is, is explicable. So um, getting, getting back to demand a little bit, um, the, the IEA talked about, uh, you know, China up. This is just for the first half. China up 0.5, India up 0.1, U.S. up 0.1. But right. the OECD uh, was is down for three consecutive quarters, and um, you know we keep, we keep hearing about peak demand. Have they have they found peak demand, or is it's that just Jim? That's a great that that's a really good point. I think it, it's certainly you know given given where we are in in you know the long the long long term cycle, it it it's it certainly it certainly is possible. I mean, most of the growth again. Is going to is going to be coming long term out of out of petrochemicals. You know, I don't, I think gasoline demand. Uh, it's possible that that that's peaked in OECD. Diesel is is another story because of the the IMO twenty twenty and and it's still used. You know, for for trucking, it will be used for for shipping. You know, I I think the electric vehicle story is is one that's going to develop. Later in the in you know mid twenty twenties late late twenty twenties, but um, you know in terms of OECD countries, you know I I, I don't think gasoline demand is is on a, on a growth projection at you know at all. Yeah, um, we we also have to think down the road of um, these restrictions and uh, plastic bags things like that if that affects our uh, petrochemical uh, demand numbers going forward. I don't I don't know when it reach, reaches a critical mass. Uh, that could take also a little steam out of the uh, demand growth. But again, we're, let's talk about, let's get back to today and what's going on in the markets today. But um, uh, do you, do you want to, um, do you want to talk, where, where do you want to head next? You want to stay on demand and get into uh, U.S. gas and U.S. Uh, 
uh, diesel. Yeah, demand? let's just talk about the U.S. for for a little bit. Again, the the for the first half of the year, the demand has been completely unimpressive uh, in terms of refined products, light products. Gasoline is is going unchanged. Diesel's up up a little bit, but so far less than forecast. We're seeing that, again petrochemical demand has been okay, but U.S. demand for the first half of the year what was unchanged. And the, the EIA is forecasting similar to the IEA. The EIA, of course, is the, is the, uh, is the U.S. government. The uh, EIA is forecasting some, some really big numbers for the second half of the, the second half of, the, of this year. I mean, surprisingly big numbers, you know, pretty big numbers. For instance, uh, if you look at the monthly breakouts, uh, they're, they're saying that because of the, to a certain extent because of diesel, but just looking at December 19, they think there's going to be an 800,000 barrel a day increase mm-hmm. in U.S. demand from uh, year to year during the month of December. Similarly, in November, they think there's going to be a 400,000 barrels a barrel a day increase in October uh, 150. So fourth quarter, Jim. They're looking at numbers that, you know, I just don't, after being unchanged for the first half, you know, and we're going to be up 800,000 in, uh, in December. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. And again, the, the, that, that's ethane is carrying the, is, um, carrying the water there. You know, it's, it's petrochemical demand, they think. But that's going to be, don't you think that'll be 800 a day? That's yeah. going to be revised. That's going to be revised downwards. I, I just don't see that. Yeah, they both, uh, the IEA for 2020 is looking for an increase of 1.3. And I think the EIA is 1.4. Is that yeah, right? that's globally. I'm just talking about well, Yeah, yeah. So I was saying it. I'm sorry. I, I, I should say that. I'm just talking about U.S. demand alone. Right, right. They're looking the... Our government is looking for an 800,000 barrel a day increase in the month of December versus December of 18. That's yeah. implausible. I mean, right. it's completely implausible. That's a big number, 800 a day. Right. Yeah, you'd so, be, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So that'll be, you know, that's going to be revised. That's sort of fictional. You know, that'll that'll be revised. With uh, the market, it, even though these numbers are coming out by these uh, monthly uh, reports, the market has that is not believing it either, right? They're more right. on what you're saying. Right. Is- I think if they believed it, you know, the market would be closer to 60 and maybe, you know, maybe above, probably above 60 if it really had a lot of faith that, you know, that demand was going to be up a million, 1.8 in the, uh, in the second half. I don't, I don't think they do. And so one of the reason, you know, it's definitely one of the reasons that, uh, one of the reasons, the chief reason that despite the loss of basically the loss of Venezuela and Iran, and, uh, Iran from global markets and the uh, production cuts from uh, OPEC plus, you know, OPEC and non-OPEC, you know, the market has and the global geopolitical threat out of the Strait of Hormuz, the market has not gone, you know, the market's not 10 or $15 higher. Right. Right. Well, is, is, do you have a good number on how much oil China is buying from Iran? Huh. No, I don't, Jim. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, you know, you have all these, like, one thing that, you know, one thing's unbelievable that has changed in just the last few years, there are all these shift trackers, right? Right. 
and even the ship trackers, you know, they're, they're coming out from like, you know, a hundred a day to that Iran exports are a hundred a day to Iran exports are 500 a day. You know, I, I suspect China is buying from Iran. I, I have no idea what the, you know, what the number is, but you know, I, th- I think they're probably hundreds of thousands of barrels a day. That's a good. That's a good answer. I, I mean, I've seen one hundred to maybe up to four hundred thousand a day. So who knows? Right. So you know, and somebody was. I read something where somebody was saying that if China starts buying from Iran, you know, the market's going to go down to uh, what was it, thirty, thirty dollars? Yeah. yeah. Like, wait a sec. How could that be? You know, because the most they've been buying from Iran was like 700 a day or 800 a day. So if they buy another 300, you know, the market's going down $20. Come on. <laughs> the answer to that is no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it could happen. Like it's, a good, it's a good headline, though. I enjoy stuff. I enjoy you reading. Love, I know you love stuff like that. <laughs> right? And we yeah. all love stuff like I, that. I think I was born long vowel. It's just, just in yeah. my nature. We all love seeing that when somebody puts his neck on the line. Uh, you know, what is he talking about? How could that be? And right. then maybe they're right. Sometimes they're even right. Yes. I don't, I don't think that three or four hundred a day is gonna make uh, you know, is gonna make that big of a difference. So let's let's talk about distillates. Okay, let's talk about distillates because we, we didn't mention we have this uh, Philadelphia refinery shutdown. And yet, we still have no problem making distillate supply. I mean, is I mean, it's probably a ga- they're making gasoline more than anything. But yeah, I mean, both uh, both like products, and and this is a this is a real problem. That could be a real problem here in the um, in the U.S. because we just went up, you know, runs finally. You know, how many months this year, Jim? And we've been talking about when are refiners going to get their act together, right? And they finally did, you know, they, they, even with Philly out, they, they produced 17.77 million barrels a day, uh, which is a, a pretty, you know, pre- pretty high. I don't know if it's a record or not. I, I didn't, didn't check, but it's, it's got to be close. So that's, uh, a, that's over a million where it was, right? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah we went up at like 800,000 last, yeah. last week. So, you know, I, I, think, I think those numbers are going to be pretty strong here. Over the, over the next few weeks before we go in, before we go into turnaround. So, what does that mean? It means we're making, you know, we're going to make a lot of light products. We're going to make the diesel. What was it? June or July was the highest. Uh, yeah, July. Yeah, July. Um, they have record uh, production of distillates, and then um, highest yield as well. Twenty nine point six is record for July. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to wintertime levels. <laughs> right, right. And, and this is going to continue through August and into September. So right now, diesel is in pretty good shape. You know, it's okay. It's a, the inventories are 137 million barrels. The four-year average is 144 million. Day supply right now are 35.3 versus 36.7. So it's okay, but, you know, the, there's danger there. There's, there's definitely danger that we make that we make too much, like the whole that globally we make too much, anticipating this huge increase in uh, demand for um, light sulfur for lighter sulfur fuel for the um, you know for the sh- the change in sh- shipping specs. 
And um, so, so that's something that, you know, obviously we're, we're all going to watch pretty carefully. Diesel stocks have just increased by 8 million barrels in the last few weeks. So, you know, diesel, and it wouldn't be the first time in, in our long and somewhat storied careers, Mr. Culver, that refiners have messed up on making too much oh, in anticipation yeah. of a demand surge. Yeah. You, you don't want, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no gasoline distillate spread play that works seasonally. Right? No, no. Another way to say that. <laughs> what's, what's interesting to me, sorry. You, Go ahead. I was going to move away from distillate. Okay. You know, in the last couple of days, there's been uh, huge uh, volumes in, in spread options, and particularly the Ocnovi, Novi Dis, and Dis Jan plus 50 cent call. There's been 10 to 15,000 on each one of those strikes. And um, yes, every buyer has a seller, but let's, let's just say that it was, it was initiated by the buyer. What, what do you think that play is about? And, it's, and it's a, let's say it's a speculative play. Yeah, it has, it has to um, definitely do with some of the new pipeline capacity that's, uh, that's coming, coming on board out of, uh, out of the Permian Basin into, uh, into Houston. The, the Cactus II pipeline just, just started. And that's like, eight, I think it's 800 a day. And apparently one of the shippers just, just put in 300,000 300, a day. So I, I think that's what, you know, the, 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 and I don't know why, you know, we know this capacity is coming, but, you know, we're also seeing the differentials move pretty good. We're seeing the um, Permian crude is now trading at, at a premium to WTI. And then you all remember that was at a, a per, per, light Permian is trading at a, at a premium. Now you all remember that was a, at a big discount. Mm-hmm. Um, and Houston has gotten cheap relative to, uh, relative to Cushing. So, you know, if the marginal barrel is not going to go to Cushing from the Permian and, and moves to uh, Houston, you know, obviously that's going to be, that should be supportive for, um, you know, the front of the, the front of the curve. Yeah. So that, that, um, those spreads are trading, you know, let's say average around 34 cents and it's a plus 50 call. So there's, you know, it's not, and, and it has moved up. I mean, that spread has moved up. I assume it moved up with the, uh, with the refinery runs moving higher as well. Right, and refinery runs. But you don't, you, you don't see, like if you, if you look at, uh, say, a DS 19 DS 20 spread or a Jan uh, 20, Jan 21 spread, you know, you're, you're closer to 20 cents a month. So you don't, it, it's not, you know, it hasn't, next year doesn't seem to have any, you know, it's kind of hasn't moved in. I don't know. It, maybe it has, but it doesn't seem like it's, uh, it's there yet as right. far as looking at a major structural. Well, you know, you're going to get production is expected to grow. Right. And that, I think that's why you can't get, you know, the, the the back hasn't gotten that exciting, but you know what has been exciting is that even though we just dropped like 50 million barrels on uh, inventories on crude inventories, the curve got whacked, which it should. You know, you're like, oh right. man, 
I can't believe, you know, how is the curve getting whacked, you know, getting weak when, you know, we're drawing this much crude? It should be the opposite, but obviously, you know, obviously it had already anticipated some of these draws, I guess. You know? Yeah, it was, well, it's been waiting for a while, but yeah. Just to quickly uh, move over to U.S. Uh, oil production, looks like um, the EIA is ratcheting down. Well, this is where the growth um, is not as intense as it was. So, so basically, they're saying uh, we've been growing, expect to grow 50,000 barrels a month going forward. And it had been 100,000 from, say, August of 18 to July of 19. Right, right. right? So, well, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they've definitely revised downward their, uh, you know, their production expects. I think based on some of the really downbeat stuff that's coming out of the, you know, coming out of the producers on, uh, you know, some of these father child, these father child wells have, have not been coming, you know, aren't, aren't producing quite as much as uh, what, what uh, some of these producers ha- had expected. And, uh, you know, the, they're not, you know, they, they've been, a lot of them, a lot of the big, independent producers have been more and more have been more and more downbeat so uh, i think the the eia is is taking a, a cue from them however even with that you know right now we're producing 12.3 million barrels a day i think on the last weekly so they're looking at Next May and June, they say, is going to be 13.2. So they're still saying that within a year, we're going to be up 900,000 barrels a day. Yeah. Their, their year-on-year estimate is plus a million. Yeah, okay. So, 12, they're looking for 12.3 for 2019, 13.3 for 2020. So yeah, they're still up a million. Right. Yeah. So a million barrels a day. You know, we know runs aren't going to go up, you know, aren't going to go up all that, can't go up all that much because we're not building, you know, we're building some added capacity, but nothing like that. Right. Uh, imports will go down and exports have to go up. So, um, you know, ne- next year should be pretty interesting, A, to see whether or not we're going to make that, you know, make those big increases, and B, whether there's enough you know, export capacity to, to handle it, to handle getting rid of some of that. Um, Andy, it looks like if I take your chat overall, it, it looks like you're still, despite all the craziness, you're looking at a market that's relatively in balance. It's not going to collapse, say, below. Listen, these, we said anything can happen, but maybe below 50 and, and not, you're not too excited about it getting above 60, can I say? Is that, am I saying no, that right? You know, I'm, again, the Saudis, you know, their, their sweet spot, what they'd love is they've got, now, they're, now they've revived the, the IPO uh, for Aramco. So, you know, they would love to see Brent with a seven handle and they would, you know, they, if it, they were going, they were so happy, I'm sure, earlier in the year when Brent was trading 74. And yeah. Then, and they got undermined by, uh, you know, Trump China. And, uh, you know, so, some the slow, you know, general slowdown. But, you know, they, they'd have to cut production severely, I think, to get this, to get this up, to get WTI up to, up to, you know, 65 to 70. And I, I'm, doesn't look like they're going to do that. They are going to cut production. 
it's unclear as to what the number is yet. They're, they are under their agreements by, oh, what, yeah. by a bunch, by right? 700,000 or so? Yeah, yeah, by a lot. By I, a I, lot, I, yeah. They're saying they're going to get exports under 7 million barrels a day. So I'm, I'm thinking that's another three or 400,000 barrels a day cut, which will help. I mean, it'll help keep that. That's why it's, you know, that, that, that should help. And we'll see where, where the other OPEC producers come in and what Russia, you know, the Russians just, you know, they, they lost a lot of production when the, their uh, pipeline to Europe was contaminated. So we'll see where they, um, you know, where, the, where they come out at. Um, so, I, yeah, Jim, it's, it's, I think 50-60 is, you know, lo- looks you know, lo- looks right. So the um... basis WTI, you know, the other thing that we just want, one thing that getting back to differentials, you know, the, the Brent TI has collapsed, uh, not collapsed, has really rallied, you know, with, with the anticipation that Cushing, you know, that it's been more on the WTI side, but um, Brent too, because there has been an overhang in uh, Nigerian crude, which I think will clear up pretty quickly, you know, it's pressured the front end of the, of the uh, Brent market. And, and we've seen a big rally on, uh, on Brent TIs. I, I, think, I think that's going to weaken, actually. I think, I think WTI is going to weaken relative to, to Brent, um, you know, as we get these, as we get some more production cuts in Nigeria and Nigerian light uh, clears up. But we'll see. Something to watch. Um, I just one more thing in the options world um, continues the the high of the for volatility. The high was when we came into this into this year, uh, January second, around fifty three percent. The low was in April, down to around twenty two percent. And uh, Friday's settlement was thirty two two. I think we I think we closed maybe a little bit below that yesterday. And um, the historical vol the Historical volatility is up around forty, so we're so we're trading the the implied is below uh, historical. That happens. It's you know it means the the market's moving around more than what the option traders are thinking it's going to do forward. You know going forward. So we'll see if this uh, market comes down a little bit or not. But it has been again. It's one of those markets where you look back and you're in the same place you were a few months ago. What you You've been on this, uh, you know, what's what's the uh, Coney Island roller coaster? Yeah, you've been on the, yeah. I, I, Thunderbolt, uh, something like that. Those. You've been on one of these crazy roller coasters. Yeah. So um, anything else you want to uh, say before we wrap it up? Nope. I want to, I guess, again, if you want to get a, a hold of uh, either one of us, hit me up at, at alabo at commodityresearchgroup.com. And Jake Holburn at commodityresearchgroup.com. Our um, website is www.commodityresearchgroup.com. And um, Jim, it's, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Sounds good, Andy. I'll, I'll talk to you next month.